Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few, the Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host as ever. This is the second ever live show that we're doing. Should have kicked off at 8 o'clock, it's now quarter past 8 and apologies listeners and my guests. How many hosts do you think can sleep in for a fucking 8 o'clock start at night? Um, that one's my bad. Bit too much fun at the Eagles last night but it won't happen again. Um, I'd love to say we've got hundreds to get through in the, in the way of ins and outs and signings, um, but we're here to discuss Ross Wilson's holiday. Here to help me, first of all, Davy Tomlinson. Davy, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, boiling hot here. Uh, trying to keep do everything to stay in the shade. It's uh, we're going to get a. a a lot of uh, thunder and lightning tonight, so I hope it doesn't happen during the during the podcast. But um, no, it's, uh, as long as I can stay cool, I'm happy. And it, the, the one thing about I locked all the doors and put down all the, the blinds and just stayed about, I get behind the computer picking up all the news I could get on Rangers, so that was a good point of it. <laughs> happy days, happy days. I was in your nice and bronze, but that must be for the, the light after screen. Um, also joining us today, Mason Stewart. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Colin. Uh, thanks for having us back on. I uh, was hoping we'd be uh, talking about a, 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 at least one signing uh, tonight, but uh, just all more rumours. And uh, uh, yeah, how long is this uh, Ross Wilson holiday going to go on for? Because we're getting a little bit frustrated. I know the fucker who gets me an annual leave and a teacher, doesn't he? Um, but hopefully he's returning soon. Last but not least, my twin for the night. It's a lovely tap you brought on, Davey Pollock. Thanks, Colin, and hello to you guys. Uh, again, it's, I wouldn't be panicking too much, you know, with Ross being in holiday and all that, you know, and I hope he's uh, having some nice cocktails, but it's early doors, there's a... Uh, Time yet, more about quality than uh, anyone, you know, emptying the asylums to get some signings and we should be, uh, take our time, make sure that the quality is correct. Uh, that's far more important. So there'll, there'll be uh, there'll be a few, there's obviously a few things to be discussed tonight, but uh, hopefully we'll get get the right bodies and uh, back to Europe next year. Aye, absolutely. Um, obviously, is a little bit, just a little bit of tongue-in-cheek the whole Ross Wilson's holiday, but it's very frustrating um, when you just want any Rangers fix and nothing's really happening. But at the same time, it's good because no weeks get out of the club. Um, we can't have it both ways, uh, however. Um, live stream again tonight, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, the, that comment box is a free-for-all. Get your questions in or your thoughts. Um, I've took feedback on board for last week. Um, not a lot of people liked my call centre headset I was using, so I've got rid of that. I'm going, going old school and using the laptop mic. Um, so anything else you want to swag me for, stick it in the comment box or any questions about the Rangers as well. So, David Tomlinson, let's kick us off. 
um, after a lengthy discussion last week on Alan McGregor, um, his, his ears must have been burning because he went and signed a one-year extension. What's your thoughts on that? Well, as long as he's going to be second or third choice, I don't mind. But I hope uh, uh, he's not coming in as first choice. Uh, I, I would sincerely hope that Rangers have got a wee bit more um, thinking, forward thinking than bringing McGregor back for another year as first keeper. Um, for me, McLaughlin should be first keeper anyway, if, if so sticking with the two of them. But um, the... No, I think the boy McCrory, whether he'll stay now, is is very questionable as well. I think he's already his agents already been saying that he's going to be looking for a for another team. Um, but um, yeah, just uh, yeah, McGregor's McGregor. He pulls out great saves, but he's very very uh, looks like he's going to make more mistakes than great saves these days. And if you think about Ross County, two goals there. Um, and uh, the, the fact, I've said nearly every week that we've talked about him, that he doesn't come for corners, that he stays on his line. And sometimes he's even behind his line uh, <laughs> waiting for the ball. Um, no, that's uh, it's just not for me. I think it's uh, the, the, the Rangers board have showed that they're not really showing that much um, forward thinking and, and bringing... McGregor, although I can understand if you bring him back as a third choice goalkeeper, then uh, then it would be really good because we great great person to have as a third choice. No, absolutely. And I think um, when people have been speaking on like follow, follow or Twitter or any online, any online conversation turns into an argument these days, and everybody's at one extreme or the other, whereas it's one end, it's McGregor's an absolute club legend and always will be. And the other side of that is that it's time for him to move on. It can be both. Like, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, Mason, well, let's face it, Colin, um, just before you move on. He's, I'll, I'll, he's the best shot, st- shot stopper in Scotland and probably Britain. He's absolutely brilliant shot stopper. I don't think he's second to none. But unfortunately, the, the mistakes are, are starting to pile up. Aye, and it happens to any football. They all all come to an age where eventually this they they do need to start winding down or hanging up their boots. And Mason, that's the point I was really going to ask you about there. Um, so Davies thought about it's no really forward thinking. Um, I don't really know how this is going to play out with the with the club. I would love for John McLaughlin to be the the first choice goalie. And Robbie McCroy and Alan McGregor battle that out, uh, that second spot, to be the cup goalkeeper. But then, is Alan McGregor going to, has he re-signed if there is a chance that he's not going to play at all? Um, if if he does become the cup goalkeeper, what to say about Robbie McCroy? And it's quite coincidental that as McGregor signed, the following days there's been a lot of rumours about McCrory potentially leaving. Yeah, look, if you're Robbie McCrory, what is he, 24 and a 40, nearly 41-year-old gets another deal, you're going you're gonna to think, oh, I'm going to you know, leave to go and get first-team football. I, I know 24 for a goalkeeper is young, but you know, he's, he wants, he's going to want to play football every week. He's not going to want to be, especially his third choice. Um, so I don't blame him at all. I, I think we said last week, I'm not sure if McCrory will ever be good enough to be a, a Rangers number one. That's, that's up for debate and... He's not really when he has played. To be honest, he's obviously two clean sheets and he had two really good performances. But doing it over you know a long period is completely different. Yeah, I felt a little bit under underwhelmed with the news. I think we, we sort of see it coming. I'm uh, speaking about it last week. I think the problem we've got though is you can't really say to John McLaughlin, "Oh, you're number one." You know, for, for, you know, no matter what. I think that the worry for me is I would have liked to us to to go and get another goalkeeper to, to challenge John McLaughlin because that's that's what we need. We need competition for you know in places at, for every position. And if you just sort of give him, it's, it feels like we're giving McGregor a deal, you know, sentimental reasons really. And, and I'm, I, I love McGregor. He's he's been unbelievable for us. You know, the amount of times he's pulled us out of out of it is incredible. But I do think it, it now is the time to sort of you know let, you know let him re- go into retirement or coaching whatever he wants to do. Um, and, and we should have really gone and got another goalkeeper to challenge John McLaughlin. 
David Pollock, obviously Bard, we're assuming that McGregor's coming in to be the backup the number two here. Um or potentially even a number three. I don't see a number three, but looking for any sort of optimism, if it was the case where John McLaughlin's going to be number one, Robbie McCrory or another as a backup goalkeeper, having McGregor in and about the training camp as a third goalkeeper, you're probably never going to be in a, a position like that in terms of there's very few keepers I can think of who could push on the person in front of them more. Well, you're hoping that He's now got the one-year deal and that he's going to be, his influence will be beyond, you know, a contribution on the field, that he's going to be making a contribution off the field. The problem I have with all of this is the whole thing, Smacks, as, as, as kind of Mason's alluded to, is the sentiment, you know, I hope this isn't topping up his retirement plan. I want Giovanni Van Bronckhurst to be absolutely brutal, ruthless, to say this is the standard that we require Sorry, Alan, you've been a fantastic servant. You're now a club legend. Please, it said, do not go to this well too often because it just tarnishes, you know, it's in danger of tarnishing, you know, where he is with with the support because, you know, we all love him, you know, to love him a bit. He's one of us. The This on top of, you know, Steve Davis and Scott Arfield, I, I hesitate to use the word lazy, but is it, Lazy recruitment, you know, we should be scouring the four corners of the earth to get the quality of that side up. And the, the easy option just say, send Alan another contract, re-sign it. Sorry, that's, uh, I want it to be a bit more than that, a bit more dynamic. We should, we should be more ambitious than that because uh, we want to be pushing this on. I'm hoping that the clubs, you know, will have a, some funds here to, that we can turn over the squad. Well, come on to you know, some other people who'll be moving out. But I would think that, you know, if we're moving out guys like, you know, Glenn Kamara, Joe Rebo, but we're keeping Steve Davis and Alan McGregor, I'm not sure we're adding to the overall quality of that squad. It's uh, uh, we're treading water. Uh, but the point you made there about Scott Arfield and Steve Davis, I think it's well fair that we can look at they two and Alan McGregor as a kind of collective re-signing. So, don't know, like, <laughs> being a hypocrite and going to this one team or one extreme or another, it might be that the three of them are re-signed on sentiment or this might be a workout to be a masterstroke, whereas there's mm. three old heads choose beefing up the squad, allowing new players to come in, settle and know the expectations, having decent experience behind you. But again, that's uh, that's the eternal optimist in me <laughs> looking at it that way. Yeah, I think as Davey mentioned, you know, you look at what what effect this has on, on younger guys in the squad. You know, so there's players, you know, midfielders and, and Ross McCrory, goalkeepers, you know, so they're now thinking, you know, is when when will I ever get the chance? When will I get the chance? The only way we're ever actually going to find out as to whether they will make the grade at Rangers is, is for them to play. You don't find out on the training ground. You find out, you know, they've got a certain level of ability. But you don't find out if they're going to be a, a, a proper Rangers player until you get them out onto the pitch and you see how they handle it. That's when you find out. So if, if we're signing and re-signing, you know, guys, Steve Davis, 37, uh, Alan McGregor, 41, you're thinking, those guys must look at that and think, when will I ever get into that team? So that, that's the danger for me. I'm not saying that is the case. I'm, it's just the, the concern that we should raise and saying, you know, are we just showing a, a lack of ambition here? But it is what it is. He's here for another year. We'll see what he contributes. I mean, I, I love Alan McGregor the bits. So see, when he re-signed, I was absolutely ecstatic to have a proper goalkeeper because, you know, we'd gone through the absolute horror story of Cammy Bell and just the mention of his name sends a shiver down my spine. It, so when we get a proper goalie back, I was absolutely delighted. But they they have a time, uh, they have a shelf life, and I think I want Gio to be absolutely ruthless. You know, a mafia don ruthless. To, you know, that's we're moving on. This is the squad has to improve. Here's how we're doing it. You know, so 
Maybe, it's, maybe he's just scared of big Griggs in case he gets battered. <laughs> right, well, we all know Alan McGregor's fucking mental, so that's <laughs> that, that'll be why. Give me a contract or I'll leather you. So um, maybe that's all it took. No, give me a contract or I'll visit your wife. The, the one we thing I'll... We will know at the end of the summer as to what, what, what the squad looks like when we kick off, but I, I, we don't. I don't want us to be running this to the wire, and we're running into qualifiers, you know. And there's guys they're sending taxis to Glasgow Airport to, to pick up some, some new signings. It just, it just the, that whole thing smacks of desperation. We proactive, uh, get the people that I, we should have identified them some time ago. So I'm hoping that the that that Ross is out there. And, doing what he can do. I'm sure his mobile phone works for, from wherever he is on holiday and get get the business done. I'm, I'm wondering what the whether his contract will be a reduced contract or what, I, I mean, I, I guess he won't get more money for uh, for his new contract, but I would, I'm wondering whether it's a reduced contract then, I suppose, if you bring him in as a, a second or third goalkeeper on a reduced contract, then it might be for one year might be good. I mean, one year. What's one year? Uh, the, you don't need a year to get to find a new goalkeeper. If, if Rangers don't know the good goalkeepers in Scotland and England or over the world, even then they they should have new scouts. Because uh, I mean, even I said last week about the Dundee United keeper. I didn't know he was going to go to Celtic about four days later. <laughs> so, so I put my foot in that one. <laughs> but you make a good point. Like so, one year and. If the plan is to transition, John McLaughlin into the number one for for two or three years while Robbie McCrory or another comes through, then having Al McGregor as your backup isn't the worst thing in the world. But um, it's funny, we all say we're massive Al McGregor's fans, but <laughs> none of us are too, too keen in this signing. Um, so, again, listeners, um, get your comments in, any questions um, on... McGregor or anything else otherwise keep them coming um, Mason there's been a bit of moving away from the McGregor bashing um, in case he you know he, he turns in, he turns into that mafia don and visits us all bit of chat this week on Glenn Kamara and Joe Arebo um, potentially going out down south. Glenn Kamara, I think he's linked with Brighton and Joe Arebo, Crystal Palace. Um, we'll start with, start with Joe Arebo because I think that's probably A, the more likely because Crystal Palace have been long-term admirers of Arebo. I think he's got much more to offer in the Premiership and I think this is a, a more likely move to happen. Um, what's your thoughts on him potentially going yeah, look, he's, he's. I think he's got better every year, Joe Rebo, to be honest. He's um, still has them sort of frustrating games as sort of they all do, but he, he's he's technically he's a, he's a top top player. And, uh, you know, that to be fair, was it um, It wasn't Ross Wilson that brought him on, it was Mark Allen, wasn't it? To, to get him in from Charlton um, was, a, was a, been a great signing. Uh, the only sort of issue I've got about Rebo going, apparently he can't go for any more. Than ten million, I think he's got his buyout clause is is bang on ten million, and I think in today's market he's he should be going for more than that. But um, considering the sort of outlay we've got, um, I think he could do better than Crystal Palace. Uh, but the problem you've got now is every player in Europe wants to play in the Premier League, and it doesn't matter if you're at Palace or you know Nottingham Forest, it, you know it, or Brighton, um, you know nowhere near the size of clubs that we are. We just you know the, unfortunately the league we play in is isn't the most glamorous and, and that's where players want to go. But, um, you know, for the outlay, same with Kamara, 50 grand. I, I think I'd rather lose Kamara than Aribo, to be honest. I'd love Aribo to sign another contract with us. Uh, Kamara, I think we could, we for 15 million, this, you know, 12, 15 million that's getting spoke about, I think we could go and buy a box-to-box midfielder that gives us numbers. I think Kamara's been brilliant for us in Europe, don't get me wrong, but domestically, I think he's not the sort of player we've, when we've got, you know, Kilmarnock at home, Livingston at home. I don't think you need a Kamara in there. So, uh, yeah, be disappointed to see them both go. But if we end up getting 30 million, nearly 30 million for both of them, then, you know, that, that needs reinvested. And that's something we didn't do last season when we should have, really. David Pollock, um, Glenn Kamara, he's not a nail-on starter for me. He's not. Um, but I think he's he's a great player to have in the squad. And I think he'll be a great player for other squads. Even though he's not a nail-on starter, I'm... Anything less than ten million is a joke, Kim. I'll be honest, and that might be the blind bias coming out. 
that's fine. Um, we're on a Rangers podcast. You're going to get that. Um, but with with him not being a nylon starter and us be, potentially being able to push that fee, I agree with Mason. I think we could go and buy a nylon starter um, to go into that box-to-box area and really... I don't know, somebody who's got to take a game with Scruffy the net to go in and alongside John Lundstrom, somebody who's got to be able to play 40, 50 games. What's your thoughts? I, I think you're right, Colin. I think Mason's right, you know, about Glenn Kamara and, and domestic football. Is he the, the type of player, you know, who's going to roll up his sleeves? You know, I know I know we shouldn't be uh, setting Scottish having Scottish football as our standard, but it is what it is. And you're thinking, you know, you just see that in Glen Kamara in European games is is in a much more comfortable environment than he is when he's slogging it out with some of the hammer throwers that he has to be he's put up against from week to week. So I mean if there was periods during the last season, you know, where I'm sitting in that club deck and you're looking and you're thinking, what does Glen Kamara actually bring to us? And then you see the, the performance he had against Leipzig, and you think that's what he brings to us. So now I would be a, a, a something a bit more aggressive, more something in the more the Lundstrom mould. If we were to replace Glenn Kamara with someone who's just a bit more forceful, you can. My own impression of Glenn Kamara is that he is not the most imposing individual. You know, you can he's you can see the the, the way the thing the the racism thing with uh, Sparta Prague and. <laughs> Connor's got his arm round him like he's his boy, and he's think you know he's just a wee more, a more fragile character. Maybe that's uh, not the guy that we need for uh, Scottish football. It's someone who's uh, going to be snarling a wee bit more. So you know, we, we need the technical ability, and it's, we need the box to box. But maybe we should uh, invest the money that we could get from Glenn Kamara into something of more value to us. So that would mean you know, I wouldn't be uh, bursting out crying. If Glenn Kamara was to move to Brighton, Joe Aribo is slightly different. Joe is a, in my view, a, a better player, a higher standard of player. He would be a miss. So finding a replacement for Joe Aribo would be a. And if we were to get the right fee, then I'm sure we we could we could find something. It's the, the recruitment staff, no doubt, will have. Uh, this is all things I'm I'm hoping that they'll have anticipated. And, and and already identify the other short list of, of potential replacements. It would be a. I just don't want to think about the alternative. Is that they'll, you know, that they'll draw up a list. You know, when Joe Rebo's on his way down in the plane. So, but Joe, I mean, since the Afcon thing, you know, he's, you, you the first half of last season, you think Joe Rebo's the man. Second half of the season, maybe not so much, but. <clears throat> He's uh, he's definitely a quality player. He's come on leaps and bounds. It's just the size of him, you know. You can just see the physically he's he's how he's developed and, and his, his confidence on the field. So if we if if they choose to move on, take the money. We need to find replacements. Aye. David Thompson. I think um, talk about the potential replacements. I think it's well documented. His Rangers shortlist is hundreds of players long, and I think. Um, whether they're the right players or not, that's a different um, that's a different argument. But I think there is preparation that they're prepared for any possible scenario. If uh, we lose a player, there's maybe three or four different players lined up that they would look at um, depending on the budget and depending on the lot in the place. My fear is, um, even though he didn't have the greatest of second halves of the season last season, we even with the money we get from we. we we're going to find it hard to replace Joe Aribo um, with the money we're going to spend. Um, he's really came on the leaps and bounds. So he that is my fear for, for him going. Um, more so than Glenn Kamara. I think we can get something different with Glenn Kamara. But Joe Aribo, I think um, for the money it would take to replace that, we're not going to spend that on one player. Did we, what would you want to see? Would you want maybe two players coming in um, who've got a bit of potential to maybe grow into that mould? Or did we just shoot a load in the... All eggs in one basket. Well, when you bring in new players, you're never guaranteed that it's going to be a success. So any new player that does come in is always uh, a 50-50 chance that it'll be a success or not. Well, hopefully the, the more... Well, they say the more money you pay, the better player you get, but that's not always... And when you look at Ramsey, Ramsey, brilliant player for everybody else, came to Rangers and didn't, didn't do it. 
was injured most of the time. And the games that he played, he wasn't that brilliant. I mean, he showed beautiful touches now and again, but he didn't really take games with the scruff of the neck and uh, and, and drive us on to 56. So, I mean, that's a... Uh, and sometimes, I, I, I think with Morelos, I would be more looking for two players to, to come in and, and, and cover for Morelos. Um, but with, with Joe, yeah, Joe's a, a forward and he's, he's not really a player that, that two players could. He's a, a midfielder. I mean, he's stuck mostly in the right-hand right, right hand side. Um, it's difficult to bring in two players to replace him. So I really think you would need to, to replace him with, with just one player. And I think there's a few good midfielders about. Obviously, um, we've got a couple of youth players that are, that are going to come through as well that, that might be in, in for the for for coming into the first team, getting more games. Uh for the yeah, I, I don't I don't really know what Rangers are, are, are thinking about, to be honest with you. You hear all these names, but I mean a lot of them are, are just WhatsApp uh conversations and we've got everybody. I mean, I I was on one of the websites today, and nearly every player in the team was sold. Kent, uh, Aribo, uh, Kamara, everybody, everybody got a, got a shot. I think the only one I didn't didn't hear was was Goldson and and Tavernier. I didn't hear their names, but but um, I don't think you can bring in two players for Aribo. I think, uh, as I say, a striker. I think you can, but I think we really think we need. Uh, just to, to bring in one player, and it might not be the same. I don't think you 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 get an, another Joe Aribo, but you've got to look at a player that can add to the team with other strengths. Uh, I mean, Aribo's got strengths, but he's also got weaknesses, and I think you can add to the team with another player that uh, that brings his strengths to the team, and then you you suit the strengths to from the other players to to, to form a team, and that's that team building, isn't it? That's what you. I mean, one player doesn't make a team. It never has, it never will. So I think that's a, that, that's the thing we've got to... We've just got to, Giovanni's got to look at the, the team and think, what player can I bring in to strengthen this team if Joe Rebo leaves? And I think that's the way we've got to go. And I think the way it's, it's looking, I think Morelos is probably going to be going, to go on as well. So but it looks like we're going to be having to, to, to cover for these two. Well... Gentlemen, thanks very much for indulging me. I've asked you to go through the doom and gloom of who's gone out, should we have kept McGregor, blah, blah, blah. It's silly season, let's get fucking silly. Who are we bringing in? Um, Mason, last week, um, you're our very own Jim White. Um, I'd never heard of the player you you suggested, and then um, the next day he's in the papers that you know Rangers are going to go and sign him. So either... The daily record are that easy, they're listening to fucking little gap you, or you do know your stuff. Question coming in for the one of the listeners, Mason. Thoughts on Antonio Kolak? So I believe this is uh, this the striker, um, is it I don't never know how to say this team's name. P A O K or Paok. Um Paok, I think. Paok. Yeah. I done the same thing yesterday. Pronounced it P O A K, someone laughed. So <laughs> so, for what I gather, he's a um, big, big handful up front. Um, it might be something similar to Morelos, decent enough record in Europe. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, he looked, you know, last season, the two, don't want to bring it back up, but the two goals he scored at Ibrox for Malmo were top quality fin- finishes. You, you can, listen, we can talk all day about the defending that night. It was, it was atrocious and... And it, yeah, Balogun got the goals, and everyone was all over the gap. But the first goal on the turn is a top, top finish. And uh, I think after the game, I, I did say, where, where, where have they got him from? Because Malmo, you know, I think their top fees one and a half million they've spent. So uh, ended up, you know, sort of keeping an eye out for him, and he, he had a really good season. But he went back to uh, Greece, and, and and his goal scoring record's been pretty poor, to be honest. Um, but I don't think we should read too much in his time at Greece. I think loads of strikers play in Greece and they just don't score goals. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a league where it's one nils, nil nils all over the place. So um, I think it gives us something different. If, if you're saying he's going to come in and, and, and you know replace it, and I think it's a, it's a, you know for two and a half million, if that's what they want for him, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I think we're trying to get it down to under two million, which sounds sounds like us. But um, yeah, look, I, I think it'd be a good signing. Um, 
But yeah, I, I prefer the, the Norwegian uh, by the time who we're in with. Uh, I, I prefer him, but you know it's the wages. I think Marseille are, are desperate to get him, and they're straight in the Champions League. So this is this is what we're we're up against. Um, but I definitely take Kolach. Yeah. David Park, what's your thoughts on this boy? Um, it's I think <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, like well, we're starting to get into that habit that I believe we were in in the nineties where somebody had a good game against us. Uh, we just got to sign them. Um, I was born a barrister a couple of years ago. Um, I'd like to think your scouting network is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more structured than who plays well and who scores against us, but. I know what Mason says, poor defending, but he was a handful um, against Rangers for Malmo over both ties. Um, and I think when we when when we look at what we need, we need someone, we, we need something different for Morelos who could potentially challenge him because we can't just keep on waiting for Alfredo Morelos to drop out of the side and then we spend four or five games trying to work out how we play without him. Well, I think... Uh... At the Malmo game, I, I, at the, there was a few Malmo players actually. You know, there's a couple of the midfield players in Malmo, which kind of caught your eye because, uh, although we should have won the game, you know, after they went down to ten men, but certainly the boys finish. I think it was the first goal, uh, and the way the way the catastrophe from uh, the, the second one from the throw in. But I would say on the first goal though, and, and I'm going to bring this up again. Griegsy didn't have the best night that night as well because I, I thought the their first goal went through him rather than by him. So but the the boy looked a player, no doubt about that. And the the, my, the, the strange thing about that game for me was that I was actually in the, the corner where the away fans are at Ibrox that night because of a fuck up, you know, with the ticket office over my own seat in the club deck. So the only game I was in that corner, but it was against Malmo and Jesus, it was uh, painful. So disappointing that night because you're thinking, you know, we're going to do this. <clears throat> and the way at half time, I would have put money on it. But uh, no, the boy looked a player. And I'm, and just, I'm hoping that Giovanni von Bronckhurst, we're not going to be making this up. I'm sure he isn't. We're not making this up on on the wing. You know, Aribo's out, Kamara's out. He'll, he will have anticipated all of these and, and, and put, identified potential replacements, I'm sure. There'll be a, a few players in the continent which he is aware of and being made aware of. No doubt Rangers will be inundated, you know, with agents trying to palm them off with these guys. So it's just their job to make sense of it. I just, the fear I have is that we end up, you know, running into qualifiers and, and that we are, we're not prepared for it. I, I think making the same mistake as we did against Malmo. Aye, I think regardless of who we bring in, as they say it happens soon. Um, David Thompson, before I come to you, I'm just highlighting a wee question on stream from Graham Curry. Would you take Kevin Nesbitt from Hibs? I am going to answer that one because that's um, also one of the reporters ripping the piss right out of me. We spoke about it last week in the pod, very briefly. I thought, I want to get more people's thoughts on it, so I stuck a thread up and follow follow. Would you take Kevin Nesbitt from Hibs, and I gave a wee bit of rationale of why I'm asking it. And what followed was a six page, 400 comment thread calling me a dick, basically. Um, <laughs> so it's bittersweet. Um, in one hand, um, I've made myself look like an arsehole, but on the other hand, I've managed to unite the <laughs> the posters of Fall Fall, which doesn't really happen. Nothing unites people like a common enemy. So I'd like to go on record. I'm going to shut the fuck up about Kevin Nisbet. But David Thomason, my question to you is, um, along, for example, alongside looking at Antonio Kolak, should we be looking at, instead of Mason's boy, um, I forgot his name, and Kolak, should we be looking at potentially two? Many strikers do you think we need to bring in? Well, I said of, of, of Morelos, I, I thought you were going to ask me for the, your question was, do you think I'm a dick? <laughs> no, I know that. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking yes. He knows um, the answer to that one. <laughs> but anyway, um, to go back to the, the, the question, I think if you, you move Morelos on, I think we need two strikers. I think um, I think we need one striker with Morelos if we keep Morelos. And we definitely need another striker if uh, two strikers if Morelos leaves. 
you could even say there's a possibility we need three strikers, but um, I think we'd be pushing it out in that. I don't think we've got, from what I've seen in the reserves, I don't think we've got any striker in the reserve. We've got that young boy, Preston, but I don't. I think he, from what I've seen, he's just, he's too far away yet. So I think we'll, if we be bringing strikers, it will definitely need to be strikers that, that are ready to play first-team football. And... Um, yeah, names, I don't know. Kevin Nesbitt, we, we discussed last week. I don't think anybody was very, very enthusiastic about that one. Aye, don't, it... <laughs> don't kick me when I'm doing, mate. That's... And I was quite happy to see that today when I was looking at the, the Millwall, I was I was looking down on the young boy that's supposed to be coming in, Zach uh, Lovelace. Uh, so I was looking through the, the Millwall sites and I was quite happy to see they had brought, they, they were going to sign that guy Burke. So he won't be coming to Rangers, thank God for that. <laughs> but um, is it Ollie Burke? Ollie and, Burke yeah, and yeah, the, the, the I don't I don't really know any strikers uh, that are sort of a jumping out at me that are. I mean, I, I really hope that there's some Colombian. I don't know what happened to the Colombian guy that was playing in the reserves. He, yeah, yeah, he got one day Partick Thistle, and um, I think he missed an absolute sitter in the playoffs. Um, it's, I don't know what's going on. We're loaning a few folk out to Partick Thistle, um, but I, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know how how well, how much benefit we're getting for loaning these players out to um, the, even the Championship. When you look at the output, we're getting Lisa Allegra, um, Josh McPake, Kai Kennedy have all went to the lower divisions versus your Alex Lowry and Nathan Patterson. Uh, Charlie McCann who've all stayed within house but um, well, I, think that guy, I think that guy Mayo's done quite well with Partick Thistle and Partick Thistle have got a good name for bringing on players actually mm-hmm. and their, their manager seems to be uh, well in with Rangers to to to, to accept loan players and, and bring them on we've and actually sent Lewis Mayo out to come up to come up now yeah so I mean he's moving on now hopefully uh May, uh, May will be within the next one or two years. He'll be ready for the Rangers' first team, and that that would be another lot of money well saved. Because obviously, I think Goldson will go at some time, so it'd be good if we had a, a direct uh, and suitor. You never know whether he's going to be fit or not. We hope we hope he is. We hope that all his uh, uh, injuries are in the past. But um, yeah, Hellander, what's happening to him? That's <laughs> another yeah. another one. So but, let's um, keep our being who we're bringing in. So you mentioned Lovelace there, David. Do you know much about him? Or well, if you don't know much about him, is that the kind of profile we should be looking at? Young English boy for the um for the lower leagues in England. Well, I never I never knew much about him until I said I've I've had a wasted day here keeping out the heat. So I've been looking at uh, YouTube films of him and looking at the Millwall uh, fan sites. And the podder that, that, that I'd seen the most uh, watched him, he was absolutely hoping that he wouldn't go. He was, he said he was great. I mean, the guy played first-team football when he was only 15. And you can say, I mean, we, we've, we've had players at 15, they look like wee boys, but this guy looks like the front end of a bus. He, I mean, if you, I wouldn't mean, like running into him, I'll tell you. That's, and the, the, one of the, the, the goals I've I, I seen as well, that he, he got the ball in the, his own half, and ran right down the left wing. I think he comes mostly from the left left hand side. Uh, he ran right down the left wing, cut inside, and hammered it into the net from about uh, 20, 30, 20, 25 yards. So wow. he can hit. He can hit a ball as well. So he looks. He looks good from what I've seen of him in the YouTube films. But YouTube films. <laughs> but, I, I would look good in the YouTube films, um, Mason. I know you've been getting your own. Uh, so, if my version of hate mail comes through follow follow, you've been um, the Gallant Fuse resident Londoner. I think um, boys are, I don't know what's the chat in there. They've got a cap here, whatever, or in it, bud. Um, <laughs> your Millwall pals are only happy with you at the, the thought of lovely signing, which is a good good sign. And just want to point out, as I was Googling them there, I've checked his Wikipedia and they now says, he is a centre forward for Glasgow Rangers. Nothing for the club yet, but what can you take for Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, yeah, I got a text from someone I used to uh, work with. Uh, weren't a very nice text. I won't say 
by what it said. But uh, yeah, just obviously gutted that they've sort of lost him. Uh, exactly the same uh, what happened to us with Rory Wilson going to Aston Villa. So uh, we've we've done exactly the same, taking one of their their best youngsters for for, for next to nothing. But it's all about his development. Uh, obviously, fifteen and playing for the first team in the championship is is some going. But um, it's about how he sort of kicks on now, and hopefully, um, you know, he, he doesn't spend too long. Um, with the B team, and and we can see him, you know, we want we want to we want to start bringing these young players through, don't we? So instead of going out and spending millions on players, that that's the ideal scenario. Yeah. So Mason, just on that, so yeah, highlighting a comment for Stuart Keane. Thanks for putting the question in, uh, Stuart. The B team next season has new rules for the league. Seven shots to play will be interesting to see how Lovelace fits in. Um, so that that begs the question, Mason. This sixteen-year-old striker is he is he coming in to join the first team or will he be part of the youth setup? Would you, would you see it? Ah, oh, it's a big ask for him to come in and and uh, come into the first team. I'd love love it to happen. Don't get me wrong. If he's good enough, he's old enough. But um, that's that's a big ask. Uh, there's a there's a bit of a difference playing. No disrespect, playing for Millwall than there is for us. Um, I think, as I said, a year or two uh, with a B team. Uh, would 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 be good for him, but if if he goes down there a year and he's absolutely flying, then yeah, let's 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 see what he can do in the first team in and around training with them every day. We'll only bring him on, but um, I would have thought it'd be a B team signing to be honest. Um, but that's I didn't know that actually from Stuart. It's only seven Scots allowed. Um, yeah, just, I have to. Yeah. Aye, so just on that, uh, David Park. That's kind of segueing, isn't it? Um, that's. The Rangers coach and is Rangers Celtic and Hearts uh, B teams are all allowed to play in the Woolen League again. And one of the rules is seven shots have to play every week. Um, don't see it being too much of an issue for for Rangers because a lot of the, the youth players coming through are you know, born and bred Scotland. But um, I think it does. It will have slight limitations. We've got Allegra potentially and um, the likes of Charlie McCann. Um, I don't see it being too much an impact uh, for us because I like to think um, our B team, we've no got 11 foreign boys uh, playing every week. Well, you were thinking that Rangers should be casting their net far and wide, so I don't think there should be any limitation on on, on the number of Scots in the B team. What, what, what would be the reason for that? Um, I think um, the, the league have put that in place um, for them to... I don't know the idea that Scottish handicap. Doesn't and, and, and that, that just seems nuts to me. To be honest, I don't, I don't really get the quota thing because it doesn't matter where they come from. You know, if Rangers see them as a, as a the B team is all about nurturing players for the first team. So there's the danger there that if you don't have enough Scots, then you're just padding the team with guys who just kind of making up the numbers really. Who so I would. I, Seven seven players, seven Scots doesn't seem just seems daft to me. Because the the whole reason for having a B team and having them play competitive matches is that you're looking for these guys eventually to get to the first team. That's the reason they're there. You know, to pad it out with more Scots than need to be there, or you would choose to be there, just seems uh, restrictive. Doesn't seem Rangers the, the Rangers recruitment. You know, from B team players, youth development. Project players that you're signing, and, and the guy from Millwall is possibly one of these. Uh, and some, some, some quality signings. It's going to have to be a breadth of, of, uh, hoping that we don't see, you know, we sign five or six players and say right, well, hopefully three of them will be any good. There's, there's going to have to be two or three, possibly four players, who are going to have to splash out some money for guys who are proven, tested. They've played at a decent level. They are they are the finished article. We we don't we're losing guys like Glenn Kamara and Joe Rebo. We'll have to replace like for like. It's, some will come, you know, the Charlie McCanns, the Lowrys from, you know, the youth. They 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 will be a, a part of the, the solution, but they're not going to be the whole solution. They're going to have to dip into the transfer market and spend some money. It's it's about the quality of that team and improving on last season. We should be finishing our pre-season in a stronger position than we finished this season. Because if we haven't, then we're not doing the job. Someone's not doing the job. So that's what I'm hoping to see. And and however, with the makeup of that, whether it be youth players, project players, guys from the academy, um, I'll leave that to the guys who know it better than I do. 
but that's ultimately where we're, we're aiming to be. It's uh, seven scots just seems. I, I, I really don't know what that achieves. What does that achieve? Aye, well, aye. So it's put in place with the with the league um, as opposed to Rangers, but I think we've seen um, whether it's um, there's. There's other benefits at all. If there's anything they can do to hinder the Angels, they're not fucking going to go for it anyway. We've seen that with the nonsense since still. And I think there's a couple of other actual footballing points we've talked to, but I think we can all agree that the SBFL and the SFA have shown up to be absolute, at best, massively incompetent and, at worst, corrupt and certainly... They they love to serve one club, but I think we could go on for another two hours talk with that. Um, David Tomlinson talk about um, David Pollock mentioned there, right? Signings have to be based on where we need to be. Also, we're aiming for the Champions League this year. Kind of linking this into how we performed over the last couple of years in Europe. Um, you sent in a, a brilliant start that. Rangers are actually the they brought the second highest coefficient in Europe uh, behind Ajax. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, number two, and uh, leaving great teams behind us: the Barcelona's, the Bayern Munich's. Uh, they're all behind us. It's taken over a five-year period, so it's not a a, a day thing. It's, it's uh, taken over five years, and it's uh, I think it's a bro. If you think where we were ten years ago, and now we're number two in Europe. Only Ajax uh, beating us. Uh, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, what a what a performance in Europe. If you want to ask me where, where, where I want to be this year, then I want to be at fifty six as well because uh, Celtic are gradually pinching away our, 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 our league title. Uh, they're catching up on us really slowly. So I would like to see 56, 57, 58, 59 and 60 coming rapid after, behind each other. So that's my... I mean, obviously, Europe's a great thing and we all want Europe, but I still don't want us to take our eye off the, the competitive, the, the the home competitive leagues. Right. Mason, it's a, it's a hard balance, isn't it? Because... Um... I don't know, I might be a bit archaic or I might be old school, but I agree with David. The leagues are bread and butter and the absolute be all and end all at the start of the season. Even after going to Seville, spending Seville with you, next season, all I care about is the league first and foremost, but to help us with the league, the European runs, the profile, the money that comes along with it, absolutely helps that. And, um, so I think we can all agree, need, need to win the league. In Europe, well... I, I think it was actually in the heart and hand um, what one of the, the shows they do there on the Saturday afternoon. I, I asked my putting a question and I thought it was a brilliant question. Um, there you go, folks. You know, I'm just bumping other podcasts. Originality for the Gallup View. But the, the, the listener was asking, what's, what's actually long-term more beneficial right now for Rangers? Having a crack at the Champions League or getting into the last 16 of the Europa League? Because if we go into the Champions League and do what Celtic done a few years ago and get scudded with no picking up any coefficient points, blah, 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 hinders us for his following season. Is there, is there anything in that argument? Yeah, I get I get where you're sort of coming from. Um, just on the, the coefficient, coefficient though it's mad to think that that five years when you get Pedro in the bush as well right at the start of it for that whole season that's incredible isn't it um, well, we can laugh about it now we can laugh <laughs> about it now. Um, but no I, I know where you're coming from and, and, and I sort of sat and thought about that myself but look if as a football club we want to be in the Champions League as players playing for Rangers you want to be in the Champions League so yeah you know I think as we've seen the last three years, we, we're, we're more than capable enough to, you know, to go in all the way through in, in the Europa League and beat anyone that's in it. But we've done that now. Let's go and test ourselves with that next level up, as David T just named there, the Bayern Munichs, you know, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids. Let's go and test ourselves against the best. And, and we, are a club, we are a club that should be in the Champions League. Um, we might not pick up the coefficiency points. You might do that again in three years' time. We might be nowhere near it. But if, we, if we're in the Champions League, as I said, the, the thing we've done, we've built it up now. So if we can go and win the league next season, we go straight in, just like they have. So it's, it's built up for us to, to keep doing that. And financially, the money that, that, we, that we keep invested in the Champions League is, is huge. So um, 
no, I, I do get I do get the point. I've seen it quite a lot, and I fought it myself. Um, the ideal scenario is you finish third, and then you go in the Europa League straight after that, and we go and win it and, and make up for for Seville. That was my very next point, uh, David Pollock. That's again being the blind optimist that I tend to be. I don't see it being out with the realms of possibility that Rangers should be going going into Champions League and thinking. You know, we can qualify for the Europa League here um, at a bare minimum. If you look at the teams we've come up against, um, it's not been quite your your Bayern Munich, your Liverpool, the Real Madrids, but that level just below them, Dortmund, Porto, um, I'd even put, like I said, Benfica, um, Braga, they're, they're all decent Champions League clubs and we've put a lot of them to the sword. We're not going, we shouldn't be going in next, next season to be the whipping boys of Champions League. Absolutely not, absolutely not. But the the recruitment is going to have to reflect that ambition. You know, we're going to have to get get signed the, the players who will who will be comfortable in at that standard. I mean, it, you would say that we've we've made I mean massive inroads compared to you talk about where we were ten years ago. But Rangers last year were playing Dortmund. Dortmund, you know, are a Champions League side. RB Leipzig were in the semi final of the Champions League two years ago. You know, so that's the standard of the team who we've faced this season and we've we've uh, dealt with them. So I'm hoping that, you know, with the, the, the correct recruitment, hopefully Gio's got the, the, the tactics in place that we can make a real impact in the in the Champions League. I mean, it would be ideal if we were to uh, get the third place, drop back to the Europa League with the view, taking a longer term view that, you know, we, we roll it on, we're improving the quality, better standard of player, that we then go, I mean, a, a couple of years' time that, that we burst out the Champions League groups and we get to the knockout ties and then we'll see where that takes us. But that should be a kind of longer-term project, I, I would think. We shouldn't be, a, I don't know, putting our head in the oven if we if we don't make the Champions League because uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough test, you know, because... You saw where uh, they got, you know, a couple of years ago when they're getting absolute pastings. So, what's the benefit? You're taking the money, but I think maybe we could have both. You know, a bit of European success, gradually building it, standard of players, the whole thing kind of snowballs, and that we get to the Champions League with with the view that we can actually make an impact, as we did with the Europa League last year. We got there and we thought, do you know what? We're not out of our depth. I would hope to, for us to get to the Champions League and not be out of our depth, be, you know, competing with these sides. Not to say that we'll, we'll win it or, you know, even get to the, the last four, but we, we'd certainly be a, a force to be reckoned with. And, and it's the clubs that you mentioned, Colin, some of those clubs, you know, when they draw Rangers, they know they're in a tie. That that would just be massive. If you and think I, of some of, sorry, Dave, if you think of some of these clubs, though, they're paying more for one player than our whole team's cost. I mean, yeah. it's absolutely, when you think about that, it's absolutely but unbelievable that we got where we are. And that's why the continued success is so important because that's where the money is. You know, because we made as much in the Europa League had last season, had we had we qualified for the Champions League and been knocked out, you know, finished last. So so it's not either or. And I'm hoping that can we, we, we put this down as a kind of longer term development where we get the squad in place that when we go to the Champions League, we're going there to compete, not make up the numbers. That's a really good point about you know the 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 off the pitch ambition has to match on the pitch ambition and I think um, that's where you know not spend too much time in them but the other half of the city they they fell down they were happy to be there um, and they started so that's like as well like well known Celtic should have been light years ahead of us when we got put down in the third division but no they were happy just to turn up take that money Rangers can't fall into that same mistake we do need to graduate we can't go mental, bring back the EBTs and start spending out with our means, but we do need to start gradually building up and just cementing our place as a, as a force to be reckoned with in Europe. I remember, Colin, when we, ha- when we had the great players back in the, what was it, the early 80s, um, I remember uh, a, a programme coming on Dutch television and it was Glasgow Rangers, too big for Scotland, but too little for Europe. So even back in the old days when we had uh, great players. We were still not really doing that great in Europe. Not only in seventy two, 
did we really come near to winning the trophy? Well, then Manchester as well, obviously. But we've not really got near to a final, even when we've had great players playing for us. No, well, here's hoping that it changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't think any has ever thought we'd probably get to Manchester. And Manchester seemed a bit of a, a fairy tale. Last year wasn't it quite a fairy tale. It was much more, you know, we were going into these games with a real chance to win them. Um, I think the big, the, the proof in the pudding now is we don't have the same following season as we did in Manchester. You know, we don't get first rounded against some Liffey area mob or whatever. Well, we're guaranteed group football anyway, but you know the point I'm making. Um, we need to continue to build. Um, it's going to be a continued development, you know, which is why I, the squad and the investment in the squad is so important <laughs> this summer for us to get to the Champions League qualifiers with a view that if we get into the Champions League qualifiers, we're going there and, and you know, to get out of it. But third place to get us the Europa League knockout section would, would be acceptable. That, so we should, as we have done in the last few years, you know, knock it up a notch, knock it up a notch. There's not going to be any big blinding flashing. We're off to win the Champions League. It's going to just be year-on-year progression, which we've managed to achieve in the last four, four years. And hopefully we'll continue it next year which is why the recruitment is absolutely crucial. And if we're going to be selling assets to Kamara and Aribo, we better be uh, be prepared to get the checkbook out because we need quality players. It's not going to be projects or or youth. That all sounds very sensible, but I know fine well that if we get through the Champions League and we get drawn, I don't know, fucking Panathinaikos or something the first game and we beat them 1-0, I'm going to be in cloud nine and say we're going to win the Champions League. I'm... I'm an emotional wreck when it comes to European football. My highs are too high, my lows are too low. So, um, but that's for I suppose that's for August and September. They worry about. <clears throat> On Davy's uh, point though, earlier about uh, the the league, you know, being the the, the bread and butter, I, I was of that view, and 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 I and I kind of changed my mind slightly on that on in the last few years, because we're competing with the Scottish in the Scottish league to win. What, two or three million pounds to, to play, you know, Ross Counties and Motherwells and Dundee Uniteds. Whereas, and you could see, you know, the difference in performances last season. Maybe we should just concentrate on Europe because that's where the money is. That's where, you know, you're going to be playing top teams. That's with the standard of football, you know. And, and if we were to sacrifice the Scottish League to do that, would that be catastrophic for us? Well, it's money versus trophies, isn't it? Do we become a Tottenham? Um, you know, I, I know that's an extreme example, and um, quite incidentally, well, we're playing Tottenham um, in, in a friendly, but the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal, these are clubs which is built to make money, just be competing at a certain level, no real interest in really winning anything. Um, and I think you're starting to see more and more of that in the top leagues, and we're very, very far away from that. I know it's quite extreme, but I don't know. I think um, I think we're still at stage. We need to. Well, they were hoping to do it this year. Liverpool and Manchester and all the big teams, Bayern, Munich. They tried. They wanted to break away, didn't they, and start a, a, league, a league system, but it was bombed out. Although, I mean, it, it opens a new debate. I mean, I, 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 would you rather go and watch teams like um, Ajax, Feyenoord, um, the Belgian teams, the, the Swedish teams? Instead of Ross County and and these teams kind of teams, especially travel, travel is going to be the way. Uh, it's going to be very difficult in the coming years with the with the price of things. So that depends. You're, you're obviously going to have far less away supporters going to the likes of uh, yeah these countries that I just said. But uh, I mean, obviously the the the, the German teams are they, they might be. The war German teams, and I don't think you'll we'll get near the Bayern Munich for a few years. We need to really build up for that because they'll they'll obviously be in the top league. But that opens another debate whether whether you want that system and just forget about Scottish football, or whether you whether you want to keep Scottish football. It's another debate. So, well, one small one small thing I can say about last season. I was at every home match last season. Every home match I was at it, whether it be uh, you know domestic cup ties, league matches, European ties. I would be struggling to remember a single game against Ross County or Dundee United or Motherwell. You know, the, the Hearts final goal, the goal right at the end, two each frustration with Motherwell. But if you talk about the games against Borussia Dortmund, Braga, Red Star Belgrade, 
absolutely memories for life with these games. Whereas the rest of it, you know, is just washes by you season after season and you're thinking, well, what the fuck was all that about? Whereas the games that we, when we won in Ibrox is absolutely rocking. That's a, uh, I know there's, it can't be a uh, sunshine all the time, you know, <laughs> all sunshine makes a desert. But that, that our, clearly our ambitions in Europe, I think, should be uh, as important as our, our domestic games because that for me is makes makes Rangers a bigger club, uh, you know, a, hopefully a richer club, a more successful club because the prize will be when we we lift a European trophy. That will outweigh, as it would have, and we missed it by fucking penalty kicks, but that prize was uh, was just way beyond anything that we'll ever achieve domestically. So right. that for me is... I know I'm possibly in a, a minority here, but no. I think yeah. I, I think the sweet spot is is a balance. I think we do need to move away from one or the other because it doesn't work. Like as fans, as players, you don't not try or not want to win a game because there's a bigger game in the following week. It has to be both and they do need to complement each other um, and it has to be part of the plan. European and domestic success have to be hand in hand. But I think, as David Tomlinson says, it's a, it's a can of worms and we could be here for hours talking about it, but, gents, we've approached it our mark. Um, so I think that's a good a time as any to, to wrap it up. Um, just as we were recording, a new kit um, was announced by the club. I think we can all have a wee swatch of that and we can talk about that next week. I'm going to ask you to say your goodbyes and in the absence of games to look forward to, we ask you for a prediction. I'm going to talk about Rangers have just announced a new catering partnership with Levy. So, as you say your goodbyes, give me, give me what's your fantasy pie you want to see at Ibrox next season? What kind of pie do you want to be seeing to just? First of all, Mason, kick us off. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. Uh, two Davies, enjoyed that again. Um, yeah, I'd, I mean, I've. Can't say it every time I've been to you. Obviously, you boys go a lot, lot more than me. Obviously, David T in Germany don't get there that much no more. But uh, yeah, Pires, as long as it's hot, uh, you know, I've heard stories about the Pires being uh, Pires being too hot actually, or, uh, or too cold. So as long as they're a good, good temperature. Um, but now I remember getting a drink actually last time I was at Ibrox, and it was it tasted awful. Like it was just like a you know a Fanta or something, and it was tasted like piss. So uh, hopefully that's improved um, with a new catering company. Um, but yeah. Players, as long as it's hot, <laughs> as long as it's hot. Well, cheers for coming on, mate. And uh, thanks for having us. Look forward to the next one, boys. David T, what's your what's your pie? Well, being a Indian curry fan, um, I make my own Indian curry, authentic Indian curry. So, um, my my choice would obviously be uh, an authentic Indian curry pie. Obviously, you've got to have things that can be served. I mean, I've read things in the Rangers website that it would be impossible to serve out really quickly you've got to have something that, that can be served out quickly and pies obviously open up to that um, so that would that would be my choice no thanks again for having me on just I just want to say for the ones that think I don't have a, a Rangers everybody's got a Rangers jersey on and I don't but I've got my Ibrox jersey on Ibrox at go. night so <laughs> I just wanted to, to let let everyone know I was I've have got a, a Rangers connected jersey on. And so you've thanks, Charles in the background as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll have yeah. you'll, you'll have to give me the, the Turkish website you bought that t shirt on. I didn't. I, I got it made myself. I got, just oh. just got it made up. So <laughs> I've got I've got another yeah. photo in the back as Turkish. well. <laughs> 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 you've got you've got these shops everywhere where you can just iron them on. <laughs> but um. So anyway, uh, great talking to you guys again, and uh, no, hopefully we get some more transfer news to talk about next week, and uh, not just uh, what we might, what we think, and what we do, we don't think. But hopefully it'll be a wee bit more. We've signed him. We've signed him. He's away. He's well. I don't hope. I hope there's not that many away. Although one big sale for about thirty thousand would thirty million. Sorry, would be quite good. So anyway. Uh, hopefully to the next time and I'll see you all. Aye, take care, Davey. And last but not least, Davey Park, 
what's um, what you got to be getting your gums around next season? Oh, listen, the I just want the first and foremost, I just want the staff to be more efficient because there was an occasion last year. I don't use the catering too often. And on one occasion when I was absolutely ravenous, I could stand it no more. I actually left a couple of minutes before half time to join the queue. And I waited in the queue all of half time. The game had kicked off and I still wasn't at the front for the second half. And I eventually just chucked it and then went back to my seat. So that's what they're up against. So standards are on the fucking floor here. But what I want is a, is a, is a builder's breakfast pie. You know, something that will harden your arteries at the sight of it. So with some tea or coffee, some a warm drink. So that will uh, keep, us, keep us warm. <laughs> Build up a couple of layers of fat. By Christ, I need it. So... <laughs> That, that, that's what I'll, I'm after. Some uh, some cholesterol and spoonfuls of it. Can't wait for your order. Two builders breakfast pies, a can of iron brew and a better blocker to bring my heart rate back down afterwards. <laughs> well, cheers for coming on, Davy. Hi, thanks, guys. It's good to see you again. And thanks for everybody who's joined in in the live stream. Thanks for all the questions. Um, and thanks for everybody who listens, as always. Um, we'll be back next week, but to round it off, aye, a warm pie will be good. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a, a steak, a steak haggis and peppercorn sauce pie. I tried one of them Pie Sports Scotland, um, fucking unreal, unreal. So, if anybody's listening to the Rangers, get that in the Copeland rear stand. But Aye, as the as the lads say, hopefully we'll talk about some transfers next week and no fucking buys. Have a good week, everybody. We are the people.